0: Remember to visit us online too at BestEverYou.com. dot com. And now here's your host, CEO and founder of the Best Ever You Network, Elizabeth Hamilton Garino.
1: Hi everybody, thank you so much for listening to the Best Ever You Show. Gosh, we've had that intro for so long. I probably should I I you know it, CEO and founder, it sounds so like hoity-toity and funny, but, you know, I think you all know at this point, it's me I'm sitting here in my home office, it's snowing outside, my hair is firmly planted on top of my head in a giant ponytail, I have no makeup on, jeans on, slippers, and I have a great guest with me, (laughs) so I have author (laughs) Rana Zia with me, and um, she knows what that's like to, um, she's a former CFO, she spent 20 years in the corporate world, Uh, corporate finance world for large fortune 500 companies and she's written this awesome book i have a copy in front of me it's she's the author of the book your hidden light a personal guide to creating your desired life and so she's going to join us for the next hour or so uh and talk all about her book but it's a it's a it's a neat book i've got it right in front of me and what i what i like about this book too is it's not one of those super long you know impossible to read self-help books. It's it's super straightforward. It's written from her heart. You can tell every word that's on each page is from her heart. It includes personal stories. And um, it's, you know, it's something that you can pick up And, and read and come back to. And what I really love about it, though, also is that you can go to different chapters and skip around. Um, It it flows perfectly, but I know how we all are with books. Sometimes we read the end first, the middle first, you know, (laughs) books are all over the place to see, you know, if we're going to read them or not. And this is definitely one that I think you'll all Enjoy and read, so I will be quiet and um Rana, yeah. how are you today?
2: <laughs> I'm great, thank you so much, Elizabeth, for having me on. I'm really looking forward to our conversation today
1: yeah, I am too i'm i i I don't know if we have an exact similar path, but I certainly know what that's like to be in the financial services industry and then sort of bring it to a halt and do something different. <laughs> I'm wondering yeah. if you could sort of share that with us cuz i know a lot of people sit in that realm of like oh i don't want to do this anymore and i'm wondering if that's what happened or you know where you were at when you when you shifted gears
2: yeah yeah no mine is an interesting story in the sense that um you know i've been in corporate finance my entire career um and you know i'm from the east coast and after i got married i moved to san francisco and at that point I started working for an apparel retail company and I was in finance because that had been my background for the, for the past few years. Um, and I thought, okay, like, great, let me get into apparel retail because I love shopping. You know, this this could be really fun. Um, and once I get in, I'll figure out what I really want to do within the organization. And I didn't really want to do finance. It didn't sound that, you know, sexy or exciting. Um, but what I did come to realize that, you know, from the finance seat, um, I can influence all aspects of the business, and that to me was really eye-opening. Because what I realized is, you know, I really, really love the business um, and wanting to be a part of it. And if I could do it at the finance seat, then great. So that's really what kept me in finance. So I'm more, I was more fp and um, kind of strategic finance, that type of thing. And so I was at this one company for 10 years, kind of climbing the corporate ladder. I really did um, enjoy the industry. I really loved what I was doing. Um, And then I would say around like the 10, 11-year mark, I was out in San Francisco. I had two children. We didn't have any family out in the area. So we knew that we'd eventually have to move back to the East Coast to be close to family. And so I started to really think to myself, okay, like, I could be here forever, um, but I really need to decide what is, what's best for me, what's best for my family, what do I want? Um, and so I would say at around the year 2010, I said, okay, you know what, I've been, I'm in finance, so I eventually want to be a CFO, I want to move to the East Coast um, and be close to family. And, and I, you know, I started to get clear on what it, what it was that I wanted. And I would say in 2012, um, I got everything I desired. You know, the perfect job came about to become a CFO of an apparel retailer on the East Coast, moving me to the New York area, which I love. You know, I love New York City. Um, And it all happened really quickly and really unexpectedly. And for me, you know, it's interesting because sometimes – you know, it can take a really challenging situation to for one to sort of re, revisit what they want to do with their life. Uh, but for me, it was this really completely positive experience that kind of shook me in a sense. Um, it, it made me realize, like, wait a minute, did I just manifest this? Um, and at that same time where I was so excited to move to the East Coast to take this job, extremely grateful about that, something inside of me woke up. And it was this sort of longing and desire within my heart, which was, which was calling out. I didn't know what it was saying, but it was saying, look, Rana, if you can create this in your life, what else could you create? And could you create something in your life that is much more fulfilling for you? And it will truly make you happy. So that was that's kind of what opened up inside of me in that year so you know we moved to the east coast I started my job I again I loved it I loved the people I worked with I loved what I was doing but I couldn't deny that there was something within me that was pulling me towards something else and I didn't know what it was I felt like there was something else that I needed to do um in my life and I was really determined to figure it out so 2012 is the year um, that I actually started my own personal growth journey, which was, you know, reading these self-help books, going to workshops, going on retreats. I was, I was really looking for what it was that I was supposed to be doing, what was this what was calling within my heart. Um, and, it, and it took some time because what was interesting is over the next couple of years that followed, I was learning all of this information in wisdom, that was really life-changing for me. And it was this idea that, yes, we can truly manifest positive things in our life. Uh, And I was just so curious to figure out exactly how to do that, you know? (laughs) So, So that's where, you know, I started to go down that hole of like, oh, wow. Okay. So if I can figure this out, then when I really do, figure out what I want to do with my life, then this will be the most efficient and effective way to get there. Like, that's what I want. I mean, in my finance hat, I was like, what is the most efficient and effective way to create what I want in my life? Do and you find that
1: it's hard to go from logical and numbers adding up like, I'm real logical and my numbers add up, and, you know, I'm, I, I've got that in probably my professional wheelhouse as well, um, you know, a compliance and financial services background. Do you find it difficult at all to shift gears from that to go into um, writing a book and so forth and um, sort of sort of not having a solid, perfect answer? like you might be right, you might not be, it could be, it might, yeah, you know, yeah. there's, there's, So I don't know how to quite explain that, but there's so much that it's not definite, whereas two plus two yeah. is four all day long, but right, this right. isn't definite. <laughs> I found that so frustrating right, right, as an author. Right. <laughs> you know, it's, a,
2: it's, you know, it's a really good question. Um, You know, I would say it is I definitely feel like my analytical background, um, <laughs> my needing to know the, the answers, right, in a very succinct, yep. easy-to-digest way, I was somebody who's like, give me, give me the answer, right? I don't need a whole long story, um, but I also <laughs> want to know that you look at at least three data, data points, and they all connect, they all make sense. So from, yep. like, an analytical standpoint, right, and sometimes when you're doing analysis, it, you know, you're analyzing the business. You're going to, um, it may not be black and white, even in numbers, it doesn't have to be black and white, but there has to be enough data points um, for it to make sense where you can act so you can have at least a, a recommendation or a point of view that's pretty solid. So in my writing, right, when I'm, I'm looking or I'm, I'm experiencing, right, all of this sort of spiritual type wisdom this idea of manifestation right how do you put that down into something that seems very practical i think it it definitely was sort of my analytical background um, that helped me sort of synthesize this data because it it was it was it was almost that same process of you have a lot of data and how do you synthesize it into something that's really tangible we can create a point of view yeah. So it's the same sort of mindset, right? But now working with something that is uh, to point a, a little bit more fuzzy, right? You can't get the yeah. exact answer, uh, but but what is the best answer that you can get?
1: Well, yeah, and that and and also with writing a book, it's it's a matter of opinion as to whether people like it or don't like it, or if it's going to sell or not sell, and you know, it's not. Um, it, it, again it's not going to be like a perfect you know four or whatever you know two plus two isn't always going to equal four when you write a book so I when I was writing my book like the true gauge of whether it was you know in quotes good or not was would I actually buy this myself <laughs> like, yeah I went to a bookstore and buy my own book and the answer when I finally was done with it is I, I had that was the goal was to have gotten my book to the point of like I'd actually go in and buy that in a bookstore did you, yeah. did you have any yeah. of that kind of process also?
2: Oh, my gosh. That process of is anybody going to like it was a really hard <laughs> process for me. <laughs> <Really>. Me too. <laughs> really yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, first and foremost, right, I wrote this book, you know, in a way that I needed to receive the information. So it was truly not written with this idea of, like, you know, I want the world to read this and love it. It was like this information is so important to me and, it, and I don't want to forget it and I want to retain it and, and just give it to me straight, right? So I wrote how yeah. I wanted to receive it. Now, now the idea of it going out there for everybody else, I was terrified. I was absolutely terrified, you know, because first of all, everybody knew me as a finance person, not a writer, Right, and nobody yeah. knew me as somebody who's like going to write a, a book on you know spirituality, spirituality, manifestation. Right, nobody knew me that way. So I, I mean, talk about like um, beating yourself up. You know, I, I felt like <laughs> I'm I, with I was you. going through. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I felt like <laughs> I had to read my book over and over again to get my confidence back up because yeah. I was doing everything that I was telling myself not to do. Right. I was worrying about what other people were thinking. This is not good enough. I was paralyzed, you know, and, and I knew that I had to get myself out of it. So, yeah, I hear you in terms of um, that. I think it's for I think for probably all authors go through it. Um and it's it's very difficult so you just have to get so for me I just had to get grounded back in my own work like you did right like getting grounded back into this this matters to me you know I I, and this is and I like this book I love this book um, and I had to kind of get over that The funny thing is and at one point, I was just afraid to read my book.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I did
2: that too. I'm like, oh, I don't know if I
1: want to read this even. <laughs> I totally yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I was afraid
2: to read. So it. funny.
1: Yeah. Well, I think for you know, we, we often get a lot of wannabe authors or, you know, even already established authors who listen to our radio show and I think those those insights into what it's actually like to write a book and have it out there and the feelings that you go through and so forth are super important to share because otherwise, you know, it's perceived as oh, you know, you wrote a book and it's a bestseller and everything's perfect in your world and la 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 and I'm so great <laughs> you know. And the truth yeah. be told is I can remember being on the floor with my own book and uh, Hay House saying, you know, uh we're going to issue a rewrite on this and this has to be reorganized. And I was on the floor with the entire book printed out crying. And I told I was cry- I mean, legit crying, like sobbing, probably. Yeah. And I was like, I, it was a give up moment for me. I'm like, I am not going to do this. I am I am in tears. And I told my husband, I don't even know how to do this. And he literally picked me up off the floor and helped me. And um so I just it's really hard to write a book um, and and have it be something that somebody loves and cherishes in addition to yourself and the ability to read your own work and so forth. And I think you've written one of them. Um, I hope people go to yourhiddenlight.com and I think you've got a little uh, nod in the right direction with Suffolk University in Boston using it as part of their business school course on happiness. Now let's go there for a minute because a yeah. business, School course on happiness, right there. That just uh, contradicts itself all over the place. How does a business love that? Don't you love that? I do. I love that.
2: When I found out that there was this course on happiness in the business school, I'm like, why wasn't there a course on happiness when I went to school? (laughs) Exactly. So, and why am I just learning about this now? Yeah.
1: Yeah, no, I, I get you completely. But I mean, that's, that's really, you know, confirming um, some good success with the book and so forth. So um, if you don't mind, I'd like to just ask you a, a little bit more about the journey to writing the book. I, mean, I think, I think we got the message of, you know, sort of, uh, you know, your a little bit of your why, but can you tell us like the moment where you started writing what that was like? Like where you sat yeah, down yeah. and actually there. yep.
2: Yeah. Right, right. So, um, you know, when I was in this, this time period of searching, right, just kind of searching and reading and collecting all this information in my mind, not really quite sure what I was supposed to do with it all, I did start to have this feeling of, okay, I, th- I think I'm supposed to write a book, right? It, it's a thought. It was a feeling. And it was very odd, right? Because I had never, ever desired to be an author or thought I was ever going to write a book but there was something inside of me that felt that I needed uh, that that was what I was going to do. And it's really interesting because, you know, the initial moment, you, I kind of don't believe that I'm going to do it. But I also knew right from all of what I was learning that in order to get anything done, you need to believe that you can do that. So I was actually working with a a personal coach, um, you know, with, with, through my company and she had been on my, my my journey, on my own personal journey of, of personal growth. And I had told her, look, I think I'm supposed to write a book. And she was excited about that. And she said, okay, start journaling every day. If you don't know how to write and, and this is really a weird thing for you, why don't you start journaling every day? And so, you know, bottom line, I had to build up a sense of belief that I could do this. And so it took about a year and a half where I was – journaling, working with my coach to build up my confidence level, and my ability just to even write a book. And, and then flash forward a year and a half, the catalyst that said, okay, the time, it's, time is now for you to write was um, one day I walked into work, um, and it was funny, because that morning, honestly, I was kind of feeling like I'm done with this, I'm done with the corporate world, I need to shift my life. I walk into work, and I was laid off from my job. There was a restructuring, huh? restructuring at the organization, and I lost my job. Now, that was the other sort of big cat- catalyst. I talked about the positive catalyst of change, and now this was more, another one, a big one, which you know I felt like the universe was saying, this is your time. So at that moment of all this emotion running through me from, oh my God, okay, I'm ready to write it. I'm getting a time, I'm getting a full year of time to write this book. Oh my God, this is amazing to holy, oh my gosh, you know, (laughs) I've just lost my job. (laughs) Right. So I had all these crazy emotions and it was all this emotional energy and it was, it was terrifying and exciting at the same time. But in that moment, it, it was kind of like do or die, which is, this is it. This is your time to write, figure out how to write. And
1: so now I'm going to layer on a couple Mm -hmm. children also and talk about the mommy factor also, in addition to writing a book. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
1: I don't know about you, but I've taken calls from my walk in closet before for quiet. Right.
2: Right. Yeah. Yeah. My kids, no, you know what? My kids are, they were, they were in school in elementary school, so they were gone you know, most of okay. the day, right? They, they come home at three 30. And so at that moment I said, okay, I'm going to write this book. I, I approached it like I was going to work. So okay. I wasn't going to work anymore. And so this was my full-time job, right? So I would get up, I would get to rest, like I was going to work and I would work from, I would work from nine to five and I would go nonstop writing and I would just write and write. And, you know, for me, I, I felt very fortunate because I felt like the words were sort of pouring out of me, and I knew it would take me two months to write the book, and it took me two months. Um okay. Yeah, yeah. And the, the one other thing though, I do want to say is that it's interesting for myself. I knew I couldn't approach the book that, like, one would approach, like, create, like you're creating presentation at work, like a PowerPoint presentation where you're constantly editing it. I just knew, like, the only way this book would be written is if if I just wrote, 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 didn't worry about any edits, didn't worry about reading and revising, just write the whole thing, get all the content out. And at that point, I said, okay, by then, Rana, you can go back, you can edit it. You can have your, you know, an editor edit it, right? So just get all the content out. And for me, that was really helpful because I was approaching this book like I had never approached anything else before.
1: Yeah. And I'm going to layer on husband and family now also and ask you, how did that go? Did they look at you and scratch their head in bewilderment or were they like, you go, let's,
2: let's do this. I I turned my whole family upside down. Are you kidding? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yes. Because my husband didn't know what was living in my head. He didn't know that I wanted to leave finance, you know, so so when I lost my job, he just assumed I was going to go back to work immediately. Um, and when he finally realized I wasn't going to do that, you know, it, it you know, we, I shook up the family and it took about a year to sort of adjust it for everybody to adjust to that. Um, and it was hard. It, it wasn't easy, but I feel really fortunate that I, you know, have a partner in my life who, even though it was a disruption, um, it, you know, somebody who who was going to support me because I think at the end yeah. of the day he knew me pretty well, right? When I make up my mind, I make up my mind. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yep. <laughs> same thing. Yeah, I I remember walking through the front door with a uh I I actually I quit. It was mildly mutual, but you know I I I quit, and um I remember walking through the door and the kids were a lot tinier than they are now, and I just was like, yep. And I agree. That was a great sentence you just had where he didn't know it was quite living inside my head um, because, you know, best ever you was born in that moment. So, I mean, I completely get what you're saying where you're like, you know, you've hatched a plan and people have to sort of catch up with you,
2: <laughs> you know? Yeah. 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 Yeah.
1: So tell us about the book. What's the book about? If If people want to go buy the book, why should they buy it? What's it about? And um, how can it help change their lives and help them be their best and all that good stuff. Give us a, and it doesn't have to be that, you know, 30 second by my book speech. Keep, you know, ramble on, please.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty good at rambling, I guess. I love rambling. Um, yeah. You get to the, yeah, get to the meat of it with rambling. Ramble, yep. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, so your hidden light is really meant to be a go-to handbook for how you can create the life you truly desire in your heart. And so the book really is to awaken you to your spiritual nature and the powers that you uh, you already possess within you. Now, I know to some, it does, you know, when we say spiritual, people do think of like things like woo-woo or it doesn't seem practical or anything like that. But I'll be honest with you, I wrote this book because these were truths that I was learning and also experiencing and felt, and I feel really, really passionate about that, wow, why didn't anybody tell me this earlier in my life? And I'm so excited to be able to share these things with my children when they're so young. And so these, this concept of spirituality for me was even a difficult one because when I, when I was going through my own exploration, I just wanted to understand how to manifest because I knew that the way I thought, how I felt, what I believed, truly did influence my external reality. And, and for me, you know, I wanted to understand that process and get very clear and consciously do it more often. So this book does give you the step by step process and how to consciously create your reality and test it for yourself, right? Because it's nothing that someone can tell you to do is something you got to try and say, okay, does this work for me? But the other piece of this was when it was working, I really wanted to know why it was working, right? Why does this stuff work? How How can this work? Wow. And so that's when I got pulled into this spiritual realm. And this understanding that everything in this physical world comes from the unseen and it gets created in the unseen before it gets created in in the in the physical world. So that's when I say it is to awaken you to your spiritual nature, this book is trying to link or not trying to, the book links the unseen and the seen, right? Your, our spiritual selves to our, and our physical selves and how do we maximize Spiritual resources as, long as, as well as our physical resources in order to maximize our lives. So I, I break this book down right into very simple. I want, like you said earlier, it is it's not a very long book. It's less than 150 pages. Um, it's ten chapters, and that was intentional because I wanted really this book to be very straightforward for me to just. Tell it like it is, right? What is the information that I just wanted someone to tell me in a very easy, easy way so I can start to apply it in my life? So it's 10 chapters that break down um, the concept of, um, you know, whatever lives inside of us, our thoughts, feelings, and beliefs create our external reality. It goes into how to think, right? We all think we know how to think. And I thought I knew how to think. Uh, You know, I thought I knew how to think how to think right we do it Um, but it's this concept of how do you think consciously how do you become more aware of your thoughts so you can use your thoughts your positive thoughts to create your reality Um, and then it goes into your speech the use of speech and understanding the words that we speak reflect our thoughts and therefore you can use your words to create your reality and then it goes into the power of feeling, right? Being in tune with your emotions and how to use your emotional energy to create your reality. And, then it. and then, it, then it goes into things like how to create everything as a choice, choose your story, question reality. And then it ends with this idea of testing your power because, you know, I, I truly believe, right, we, we all have different paths on, on our journey, um, and really, you know, we learn the best from ourselves. We can, we, we, can, we, can reach, we can learn new things, which I did. I learned new ideas and concepts, but um, it's the ones that I tested and experienced for myself that I felt like um, I wanted to share. So again, this is more of giving you these, these these things that I've learned that have worked for me. And it's saying, okay, test, test these simple things for yourself. And If it works for you, great. You're going to want to do it more often, and you're going to want to do it more often, and your life is going to change. Why did
1: you choose the title? No, I love it. (laughs) Why did you choose the title "Your Hidden Light"? And um, before you answer that, I have have a question because a a lot of people spend time hiding their dark. You know, a lot of people will spend time, you know, hiding, you know, what's wrong, and they'll portray what's right. Like you see it in social media all the time. Everything's great. Everything's great. Everything's great. But I do think um, I've got in, in Facebook and the best ever you network, we've got a lot of people who will open themselves up to vulnerability and ask for prayers and tell you they're not feeling good today and so forth. And so I love that network of, of trust we're building, but talk about your hidden light because a lot of people hide their dark and portray
2: that's their true, light. That, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that's interesting. I mean, I, I feel like in social media, it's I I don't know if they're portraying their light necessarily. And and there's so much social media. So I guess it depends on what you look at look like because it's just putting out. Um, You know, things, when things are, where things are great or, Mm -hmm. or making things look great, right? For others to, where your him light for me means, it's the light that lives within. It's not, it's not a superficial, physical thing. It is, it is our, it is our heart within us, our light within us. It is our, it is our truly spiritual nature within us. It's our soul within us that is connected to everyone and everything. And Hmm. so the hidden light is really our soul self. And I, and I look at it as there's our ego self, right? The ego physical self, the mind that works from the mind. And then there's the soul self that speaks from the heart. And I can speak for myself is I, I felt like if I can look back on my life. I was working mainly from, from my head you know, from some things that are logical or what other people are saying and just constantly just not really spending time to really think, but just going, 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 doing what I'm supposed to do and what I think I'm supposed to be doing. And what I was finding for myself is that I had closed off my heart. And when I, I started to realize like I was closing off my heart, and that's when I start to work on, like, okay, that's not right. You know, that doesn't seem right. I got to open up, open up my heart and really feel what what it is that lives in my heart. And so that hidden light, like I said, speaks through through your heart. It is truly your your the soul part of you. And that soul part of you actually doesn't really care about posting on social media and what other people right. think. It's that part of you. That it, that's there to guide you to, to truly do things that are going to be fulfilling for you in a, in a whole sense, not in a superficial sense. So that's well, that's the hidden light, right? It, it's that. about opening up and hearing what's in your heart as opposed to just going what's within the head. Love
1: it, hearing what's in your heart. I'm going to write that down. Hang on one second because I'm writing. So one of my goals on Best Ever You is to... You know, assemble people who, like you, come on the show and help people be their best. And we all are at different moments in our lives. We trade off good moments and bad moments and meeting each other and being the, the source of inspiration or, you know, whatever it is. We're trading it off all the time. And I'm wondering if, in this moment right here, right now, to somebody listening to the show who you could address who might be feeling lost who could be feeling like they don't know where to go next. They don't know what to do next. They're kind of, you know, maybe looking for a career change or a a change in their energy or life or, you know, whatever it may be. What's the starting point, um, in your opinion, for something like that? This, you know, the soul searching and, you know, whatever it is. I just would love to hear what you have to say about that. I don't know if that was was quite a question, but I think you got my gist.
2: No, (laughs) I did. I did. You know, and I can only just sort of reflect upon um, the process that I I went through. You know, I think the first moment is acknowledging, right. That, okay, I, I, I don't like where, you know, I, or I I'm not feeling as happy as I could be. I could feel right. So if somebody is in a job or whatever circumstances and they're feeling sort of stuck or frustrated, that's a sign that there is a desire living within them to, for something else, right? There's a desire for some sort of new experience. And it's really acknowledging that not that you're stuck and you're frustrated, but acknowledging that you have a desire, because when you have a desire, that's, that's pretty exciting. And you might not know what that desire is, but you know you have the desire for something. Um, and then that, for me, was at the beginning. It's like I have a desire that lives within me. And I don't know what it is. I have no idea what this desire is. But I'm not going to stop until I figure it out. And so for me, that was when I started to, you know, get, read books and read these self-help books that are out there and there's so many amazing ones um, and that was opening me up to new information that just kind of kept the ball rolling for me in terms of wow I want to learn more I want to let me let me have new experiences let me do this let me do that let me you know let me go to this workshop or or what have you, you don't even need to spend money you can just you know go to the library and get some books but for me, it was just this idea of I have a desire. I don't know what it is, but I'm not going to stop until I figure out what it is. And then your desire gets stronger and stronger, and eventually something opens up for you, right? And mm. so, so that's that's where I would say it's like don't don't um, uh, disregard that feeling that you have, but flip it from a I'm frustrated, I'm stuck to no, I have a desire for something better, and I've got to figure out what that is.
0: And then, to, and I think then. Oh, yeah, go
2: ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. Oh, no, I was no, going to no, say <laughs> i was just going to add right there
1: mm-hmm. sometimes when you ignore that that um feeling that's sometimes people sort of live there get stuck and actually illness comes from there. Truly. I mean, you can have all sorts of, of crud happen when you're not uh experiencing quite the growth that you're you're desiring and you're feeling stuck. Agree? Disagree? Yeah. yeah.
2: No, I, I absolutely agree. I, I believe that, you know, our, those sort of negative emotions that kind of live in our body do create illness, you know, and I've experienced it just in, in my life in terms of, you know, if I've experienced a really stressful situation at work that seems overwhelming, I think I'm really strong in handling it, but then boom, I've, you know, I'm hit with bronchitis and I'm laid in bed for, yeah. you know, for a week. Or something like that so so yeah absolutely I mean those type of emotions really do affect you physically and a couple of tools that have helped me right and even in this idea of living in the unknown I want something better but I don't know what it is yet Um, which really helped helped me was getting into a practice of meditation it's been life changing. I mean, life life changing. And I would say that um, meditation is, is pretty much found foundational in terms of, you know, what I've written in my book in terms of the steps of manifesting or creative creating positive things in your life. But this the for me it's managing the mind. Right. And and getting Mm -hmm. into a place of quieting the mind, managing the mind, getting my whole body to feel peaceful and calm and creating from that space is um, is amazing. And so when you're in a practice of meditation, you are sort of counter. It's almost medicine. You're counteracting the sort of negative thoughts or things and feelings that you may have during the day. You're you're you're. You're sort of, you know, you're calming yourself. You're taking it out those times that you meditate. So I would say meditation is a really powerful practice and it's, you know, you can do it for 10 minutes a day. Um, but I highly do, I highly recommend it.
1: Yeah. And um, I hope this conversation is super helpful for people because we're kind of going back and forth and sharing kind of what we think and our experiences and so forth. And I, um, I appreciate um, Ronnie, you allowing me to chime in here and there too. Um it, and I, I want to keep going on meditation for a moment, uh, because meditation is a word that scares people. People don't know quite what to expect from meditation. They they think it's all woo woo, sit with your legs crossed, with you know your fingers in a funky position, and hum and sing and chant and all you know. Meditation's all over the board, and so meditation is one of the things that I. Um, first introduced to clients when they're trying to lose weight, or if they're trying to change something, but in it, maybe in a different way. I worked with this, uh, I learned it too, through a client, I said, you know, she's like, can you teach me to meditate? And I'm like, you know, I don't know if I can or can't. Um, It, that's something that sort of comes natural to me. So I don't know if I can teach that the quieting of the mind. And I worked with her for a year. And um, when I first started working with her, she couldn't even quiet her mind at all. No quieting of the mind. We would sit and, and the way I had her do it was to just lie flat on the ground, um, you know, almost in like a yoga pose and just try and quiet her mind. And even for a few minutes, she was unable to quiet her mind. And we got to the point where eventually she she could quiet her mind to 45 minutes and fall asleep even <laughs> with wow. it. But, but I mean, people, but to explain it though, because people have inner chatter, you know it's like a tape that plays and sometimes it can be a really crappy tape to listen to um, depending on what's happening or what you're thinking or your environment or whatever and so tell me what your version of meditation is and how um, it can help people because meditation I can't say enough about it but I think you have to find your own way that it works for you with the notion of quieting your mind when I was a kid I was taught to meditate by my third grade teacher you know what it was it was to put your head on it was to put your head on your desk Uh, fold your arms and put your head on your desk and almost fall asleep that's meditation
2: yeah that's that's meditation (laughs) in teacher form (laughs) yeah that's funny that's funny no I agree with you I think um meditation is um it's kind of a broad it's it's a broad word you know people think about one kind of kind of meditation or another kind. And there's so many different kinds of meditation practices. Um, so first of all, I totally get it. Like in terms of, okay, how do you quiet your mind? Oh my God, it's racing. It's impossible. I know people who say they can't do it. Um, I've experienced it myself. Yep. But here's, you know, here's my experience. First of all, it shouldn't really sound woo really strange to anybody any anymore because it is becoming so commonplace. Uh, meditation, you know, you see it in businesses. CEOs are meditating. Employees are meditating. There's a huge conference called Wisdom 2.0 that's in New York and San Francisco where it's all about mindfulness in in work in the workplace. Um, You know, it is becoming very, very commonplace, and there's a lot of now studies coming out around the benefits of mindfulness and meditation in terms of improving focus, productivity, calming stress, all these health benefits. So there's more and more science around meditation, so people shouldn't be scared about it because um, it is – Like I said, it is both you know it is scientific and there physical benefits to it. So I just wanted to get that out there. Now to start um, the process of meditation, I recommend starting with a guided meditation because it's very difficult to go from I've never meditated before to oh my gosh now I have to quiet my mind, right? And now. You can have an easy practice, which is a lot of times not very easy, of sitting in a chair, closing your eyes, and listening to your breath, right? That's one of the most basic meditations, just focus on your breath. And your mind will wander, bring your focus back to your breath. That never really worked for me in the beginning because my mind would wander, and it keep wandering and wandering, and I would get frustrated. So for me, a guided meditation – That kind of walks you through where to focus your attention with something that was very helpful. It was someone saying, okay, think of this, then think of this, and then think of this. That, to me, really helped me get into um, my meditation practice. And after a while, I, I, you know what, I don't want to guide it anymore because I don't want to keep hearing so-and-so's voice in my head. So I'm going (laughs) to listen to the music, right? Yeah. so i could try i've flipped through so many different styles of meditation but yeah. the benefit of it all was that i was able i was building my mental muscle and this is what's so important you build your muscle and for anything it takes time to build up but you build your mental muscle where you you are able to focus your attention somewhere else from all that chatter and you start small and you build it up. And then the more you do it, you see, wow, oh, my gosh, I can, for this period of time, get into a zone of not, of not having my mind go crazy. I can, I can focus it. I can focus it. And then you see the benefits in your day. So that, that's a little bit more of a babble. But I, I just want to, you know, conclude it by saying, find, find a guided meditation. Because mm-hmm. that is going to be much easier.
1: For you when you begin yeah no I, I agree and um I, as you're talking I was thinking about children and um my own children and your children and I'm wondering um knowing all that you know now have you approached parenting differently uh, my kids have been raised with a couple things on the refrigerator one is be careful when you follow the masses because sometimes the N is, m is silent and they've also been uh raised with the uh saying hashtag gratitude do you have certain things knowing what you know now that you've raised your kids in a different way or taught them different things including meditation
2: yeah yeah for sure and I think it's uh you know being a parent is kind of fun and then having two children that are very different from each other you know my family becomes my own lab right (laughs) Right? (laughs) yeah so you know my um My daughter, like,
1: yeah. Every book that comes in this house is carefully screened by four boys. And I keep going. Yeah. (laughs) sorry. Yeah.
2: Yeah, Yeah, I would say, like, my daughter is, like, a wise old soul. She knows more than I do. So there's not a lot I can teach her.
1: (laughs) I got one of those. Yep.
2: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Um, But she found some really great meditations. You know, this was two years ago when she was nine. Where there's ones for children where it's a guided meditation where it puts you know, you create your own bubble, and she would love that. You know, she would go in and she's like, I'm in my own bubble space. And and kids have such an amazing uh, imagination, and to be able to actually feel like you're in that bubble, I think was really, really cool for her. Um, You know, for my son, it's been really great because it's you know, somebody who was always. Annoyed about going to school every single day, you know, things fall. He'd only just want to be on his video games. And just the idea of of school used to be such a challenge, like getting up every single day, just not wanting to hear, like, oh, I don't want to go to school again. It's become more of the conversations of, you know, it's about positivity, right? It's using your words to be positive, thinking positive thoughts. Don't think the week is going to be a disaster. Think the week is going to fly by you know, and belief. So it's the positive thinking, ha- thinking, um, belief, right? And, um, oh, I forget, the, you know, the third one, but that I've seen a real shift. And what's really cool is he would say like, oh, mom, that worked. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. You come by really fast. Wow, that works. And he's a skeptic. So that's what's really, really cool, too, because I would say this stuff, you know, from my book and be like, whatever. My daughter would get it, but my son wouldn't. But then as he slowly listens and he applies things and he sees that, wow, okay, this has made my my week better or my day better. That's like the coolest thing for me to see. So, yeah, Yeah. it's made me not so much change my parent, but more consciously, be more conscious um, of a parent. You know, yeah if that makes sense well yeah it does and
1: you're and you're uh, sort of arming them with different tools and techniques to to you know they they have in their wheelhouse succeed so you know they can they can reach for things that maybe other people can't reach for and um uh, it's it's really been interesting because my kids give me so crap sometimes that's endless. You know, they'll walk around and go, hashtag gratitude, you know, and stuff like that. And they'll oh you know God, but they know but it's in their head, you know, and they can't deny it and they'll reach for it and use it and and um so it it's pretty interesting that my uh my youngest son is seventeen now and he's about to graduate from high school and um he came up with this thing. It's a little tied into to percolate my own book, but it's not really. He kinda of took it and ran with it and created the percolate project to do a a give back like a pay it forward type scenario he ordered cards for it and did everything and you know it's been interesting to sort of sit back and um be super hands off I I thought he was going to need need my help you know endlessly and it's kind of been annoyingly the other way (laughs) like oh (laughs) kind of thing and it's just kidding but you know yeah it's it's really cool and um yeah he launched it and um, he's got people in different states helping him coordinate it and all sorts of crazy stuff. It's, um, it's online percolate com, And, but, you know, if your kids want to get involved or something like that, it might be a really neat thing. Cause they, they understand kind of where we're coming from a little bit um, sometimes better than other people do. Um, and it's, it's interesting to see. Um, so I think it's also interesting to see that age group um, do different things. They're, they're, they have so many tools at their fingertips that um, I, I'm 50. I, I just didn't have those tools when I was a kid. I didn't have yeah. podcasts and cell phones and the Internet and all this stuff. You know, we were schlepping to the library and in the card file <laughs> looking for the book. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you know, there's just, a, don't you yeah. think there's just so much available. Good and bad, of oh course. Oh, my gosh. But. No, it is, you know, it is, there is so much available and I think, you know, we should all be very fortunate that we do have access, like you said, to these tools, this research, not research, like resources, like information yeah. um, is so easily accessible. You know, I do, I think about that all the time. I mean, the amount of information that we can all just get our hands on and the amount of learning um, that's out there, it's easy, it's free. Um it's incredible.
1: Yeah, and, and, I mean, one of my kids picked up your book and and read it before I even had a chance. And so, I mean, you've written a book that, that what my point is, and, and talking about kids a little bit, and I'm sure you picked up on that, is, you know, your book's for all ages. It's not specifically to, um, you know... 40 or 50 or anything like that i mean we we you have a couple teenagers who have read your book and it applies and they found it very interesting because they learned about um a, a lot of things that i've never really talked about and a lot of different people and quotes and and things like that and so um it, it's a it's a great book and um so you dot so yeah No, yeah, you have two. They got a hold of it. It came in and um, I opened it up and I put it on the counter and I didn't have quite time. I told you that kind of before we went on air. And I usually read the books after people are on the show because I like to kind of get to know you and hear your voice and then it makes it super easy to read the book because I can hear you talk. Yeah. Um, and your voice comes through the book. And so I, I love that. But um, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's pretty cool. And um, one of my kids circled this for me to read on the air. Hang on just a second. I got to find it. Um, my desire is that you're able to use this book as a simple guidebook, which is filled with my personal examples to discover your own abilities to create your positives. And desired life experiences for yourself and the world around you. It's only through your own experiences that you will be able to discover your true power and your own truth. They circled that and told me to read that on the air. <laughs> that was for my 17-year-old. Oh, um, I love so it. So he, yeah, and I bet he'll copy that and put it up somewhere on his on his computer or something like that. So, yeah, I I, I thought you might want to know that and and you know because sometimes oh, our I own kids don't give us all that. the love. <laughs>
2: I I, I, I so I'm 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 so grateful they read it I'm you know and they can feel you know if they ever have any questions they can always reach out to me Um, if they didn't like it they can tell me that too but I love that quote um, that that um, that you read because it truly is my desire you know this was all this information that I just wanted to have as easy access to help me create wonderful experiences in my life or get through challenges and just have an easy access to it. And, and it really is just meant to be shared with others to say, okay, like it's only through your own experiences of using these tools and, and, and applying this, um, that you will really truly discover for yourself, um, how it can benefit your own life. Um, because like I said, everything, you know, is very personal. Everybody has their own lives to live. And, and I just felt like this is just something that I truly feel, um, you know, could really help people. Yeah.
1: And with that, you know, you talked a little bit of, about creating, um, uh, manifesting, conscious creation, and so forth. Uh, do you want to talk about your four steps to conscious creation that, that you have talked about? Yeah. Uh, I'd yeah, love yeah. that because I think that would yeah. give people some, some more tools.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So, um, I do. I, I I call it the four step to conscious creation. Um, it's it's a fairly simple process in terms of it, its four steps. Um, but you know, to be honest, you know, you got to play with this and it, and sometimes it's going to be easier for things for you to create things. And sometimes it's going to take a lot more discipline and practice. And the one thing I do emphasize throughout the book is that conscious creation, consciously creating your life or manifesting positive things in your life is a discipline and a practice because it's a new way of living and to do anything new whether it's learning to play a sport really well. you got to practice, practice, and practice. So it becomes a daily practice. So the four-step process, the first step is, is having creating a desire. You know, what is your desire? What is your intention? What is your goal? It's really to know what it is that you want, right? So it's, it sounds simple, but a lot of times we don't know what we want, right? But it is spending the time to decide what it is that is that I truly desire. That's part A of step one. And then part B is asking yourself, Do I believe that this is possible for me? So for example, I desired to write a book. I asked myself, Do I believe it is possible for me? And at a certain point in time I said, No, I don't believe. I don't believe. And so I couldn't get past step one because I didn't have the belief. So I had to work on building the belief. So once you have a desire and you have your belief, you can move on to step two. And step two is gratitude. And I know how you feel about gratitude. Gratitude (laughs) is a very, very powerful tool. Because what gratitude is, is it raises your vibration. It puts you in a um, a state of truly a positive state of well-being. And whatever you feel inside of you, right? So whatever you emanate from inside of you is is what you're going to attract. So so you use gratitude as a tool to say, this is what I desire. Feel grateful, almost as if you had it already, right? That's step two. And then you move on to step three, which is, I know we don't have a lot of time, but this is where people get tripped up. Step three is detachment, is detaching from your desire. And so what that means is it's not that you're giving up on your desires, it's like, oh, I have a desire to write a book. Um, forget about the book, right? No, right. It's, you, right, you, you, you detach from any feelings of, of wanting or striving, right? It's actually detaching from any sort of feeling of unease in your body. A lot of times we want something, and we kind of feel like, oh, my God, I have to have it, I have to have it, I have to have it, and you have to have it a certain way. It's just, it's relaxing. It's really relaxing about it, saying, okay, yeah, I'm, you know, I, I want to write a book, and it's going to happen in, in its right way, in the right time, in the right place, right? I'm going to feel calm. I'm not going to feel stressed about it. So that's, that's detachment. And then the fourth step is, you know, is, is taking action right it's needed some things you actually don't need to take a lot of action right some bigger things you got to take action but it's only from that place and my point is from only from that place is detachment of calm relaxed ease feeling centered that you should take action and the action you should take should always be aligned with your desire so this four step process honestly I'll give you an example cuz i used a bigger example which is the writing of a book which takes a long time but you can use this four-step process on very simple things to test whether or not it works for you. So what I would do is every morning I would wake up and I would say, like, you know, when I was up going to the office, I would stop. I would sit down right before I was going to meditate and I would say, what do I want for today, right? And so I would say, today I want today to be a productive day. That sounds simple enough, but not every day is productive. But I want today to feel really productive. I really believe that that can happen because I've had those kind of days before. I'm going to feel gratitude, you know, for whatever it is you want to feel gratitude to make myself feel good. And then I'm going to detach. So I'm not going to, when I say, I'm not going to think about it anymore. I'm not going to think about, oh my God, am I having a productive day at every moment of my day? I'm just going to let it go. And so I would let it go. I would meditate for, you know, whatever, 10, 15 minutes. And then I would go to work. And by the end of the day, I would come home and be like, oh, my God, that was the most productive day. <laughs> yeah. And it, it sounds simple or silly, you know, but to me, it wasn't like I had those kind of days every day. But I would say, wow, okay. And then I would try it, you know, the next day, the next day. And you could do it before a meeting. You know, I would start to do that. It's like, okay, I want to have um, a positive outcome from this meeting. That was my desire. I believed it could happen it felt good I just asked, went into my meeting right and to say and then when you come out of the meeting you say okay did it was I able to create that so it's so those are just simple ones and, and the key 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 piece is really that step one and getting clear on your intention right what is the intention what is the, what is the desire and do you believe it's possible done right the next mm-hmm. Two pieces, really, is about feeling good and not feeling stressed, feeling relaxed. And the last, you know, piece is really just acting from that place of relaxed, ease, feeling good. So that's the yeah, and, and process. Yeah, and I, and
1: I agree with that. I've taken a, a couple people um, through weight loss, um, through coaching through with weight loss, um, with something kind of similar, but especially the last two parts because it's really hard to yep you've got a desire to lose weight for example um you get a goal in mind you might even get stuck at step one believing it's possible or not you know you might hang up right there but if you can kind of push past that and get into the gratitude and so forth and then acting on it from a detachment point is uh is really powerful because you're not all hung up in the, I, I can't do this. This is really hard. This is stressing me out. You know, it's, it's super stressful to have a goal, for example, of uh, somebody wanting to lose a hundred pounds and they begin it, you know, in a down place, like I'm so heavy or I'm so, f-, you, know, you know, terrible words people use about themselves. I'm so fat. I'm so this, I'm so that, um, it, you know, instead of being, being enough already and then going sort of from there and meeting the goals with the, the right actions and so forth, sometimes it can backfire and e- make you even eat more or gain more weight, depending on what cycle of that you get stuck in and that 's probably true, probably like you were saying with with anything you apply to that so i I think it 's really wise and i I appreciate you going going through that do you and we 've got time we 'll go into record mode here, so don 't worry about the time. Do you um, okay. agree with that, like use of your your four-step yeah. process with weight loss?
2: Yeah, absolutely, and that's a really that's a great example in the sense of of a longer term, right? um yep. A bigger a bigger longer term goal, and this is where the the discipline and the practice comes in because you know if you you have you have a desire, you believe you can eventually get there. So say you got past the belief, right, and you know it's going to take a lot of time, and we're Everyone gets tripped up, so do I, and this is where you kind of need someone to keep you accountable, is in that detachment place, that place of not being stressed, not beating yourself up, not all of a yeah. sudden saying, okay, I can't do it anymore, or I don't believe in myself anymore, or, or whatever it is. All, all it is is negative, right? Whatever those negative feelings that come up, the, the negative feelings that stress you out, that create strain in your body – that's that's where the discipline comes in of how do I get myself back on track so whether it is a coach having a coach right like you were helping someone coaching that you are their positive reinforcement of giving them the tools and the practices to get back on track um or it's you know watching a video on youtube an inspirational video on youtube or, or reading a book it's being able to catch yourself in that moment of, okay, my body feels stressed and strained. I'm feeling negative and beating myself up. I got to get myself out of it. And that's the mm-hmm. discipline. It's checking in on yourself every single day to say, how, you know, how am I feeling? How does my body feel? Right? Yeah. And what are those practices? And for me, meditation is a huge, great practice. Um, I, I also now started two years ago yoga, which is a great practice because I needed I needed additional practices to kind of keep me on track. You know, if yep. I believe that I create my reality, I don't want to create negative. All you know, I don't want all these negative thoughts that are that can come in and attack me to manifest. So, what are those practices that I'm doing to to keep me on track?
1: Yep, oh, I, I hear you, and uh, the the. Uh, I would add. I'm just going to go on one more minute here because I love the detachment zone. um, Is also where you um, build your self confidence. I think too. It's a strange thing, because it's it's when you sort of detach from all that worry and so forth. You, if you if you have proper tools in your toolbox, you can move that energy into extreme self confidence, and not arrogance or ego or anything like that, but a real true positioning of yourself where you're firmer, your feet are firmly on the ground and you know exactly who you are. And so that way, when various things um, come at you in in life or goals or whatever, whether it's, you know, you're trying to lose 100 pounds and a giant pizza comes your way, you can be like, mm, I'm good. No, thanks. And be confident right. in that rather than, oh, you know, I might upset you if I don't eat the whole thing, <laughs> you know, or whatever. And totally. So it, yeah, yeah. And it it's it becomes more it 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 can be perceived sometimes as a slightly selfish too, and so I've had to coach people out of that mode too. It's like no, it's not selfish. It's self care, self love, self worth, self realization, self actualization. You know all those words that come into play to take you into meeting your goals through the right actions like you're talking about. So I, I absolutely love that. And um, I've kept you, sorry, I went beyond the time. I thought maybe that might happen and we'd get on the roll um, throughout the whole show. Really? What a cool show. Um, Do you have anything you want to end on? Do you, do you have a favorite chapter you want to direct people to or anything more that you want to add that we didn't cover, talk about anything to chime in?
2: no, no. Thank you. First of all, thank you. It's been so much fun speaking with you. I feel like the time kind of flew by. Uh, I would just direct people. To, yeah, yeah, I really, it, it's, I feel like I could talk about this stuff for hours and hours, really. Um, but I would say the simplest thing to do is I would just direct people to my website, which is www.yourhiddenlight.com. Um, and from there, actually, you can get the, I think the first chapter um, for free. And download the first chapter, and to for people to get a sense of what the book's actually all about, um I can't tell you what my favorite chapter is because I feel like different chapters mean to me mean something to me at different times, you know, and I hope that would be the same for other people as well, so no favorite chapter yeah. that's why the book <laughs> is you know is this short? <laughs>
1: I love it. Yep. And that's a, that's a solid answer. So, all right. Thank you so much for being with me. I appreciate your time, your energy, Um, your book's wonderful. And um, I agree. I'll send people on over to yourhiddenlight.com. And um, as always with, with our show, I, I super appreciate all of you guys listening and sharing the show um, and, and sharing these messages about, it's not about me and the show. It's about our guests. And the show, their books, their efforts, and um, spreading their messages in an effort to reach people, even if it 's just one human being, I believe we reach people when we need to, and you can really change somebody's life. so if you feel this show might have a a good impact um, on on another person, please by all means share it there's little share buttons on the on the side of the radio show we 're also on. Uh, syndicated on iTunes, um, Stitcher, FM radio. Um, The show is, is available in a bunch of different spots with wonderful guests. And um, I'm so thankful that you were here for the full hour. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right, so we're going to just end on that note, I guess. Thank you very much for for being with me. And um, Rana Zia is the author of the book, Your Hidden Light, A Personal Guide to Creating Your Desired Life. Rana, thank you for being with me for the hour. I appreciate it.
2: Oh, thank you so much.
1: All right, take care, everybody. Visit yourhiddenlight.com. We appreciate you being with us. Thank you.
0: Thanks for listening to the Best Ever You Show. Want more? Visit us at besteveryou.com. Be your best and keep it real. Confident, successful, caring, and beautiful every day with Best Ever You.